Hey guys, I just wanted to note before we begin today's episode that this uh, was recorded back in January, so you will hear some news that uh, is a couple months old. With the current outbreak of the coronavirus, our recording sessions are a bit staggered, and we're working on getting a schedule down. Uh, But in the meantime, thanks and enjoy the show. Here's Johnny. Welcome, everybody, to the Buzzed Podcast. I am Jake Kington, alongside Mr. EJ Golett in sunny Southern California, where I must say, RIP to the great Kobe Bryant. Yes, RIP to Kobe Bryant and his daughter and the other seven people on board today, the helicopter. It's not sunny today in California for two reasons. One, because of that, and two, because it's not sunny. It's cloudy as shit and foggy as hell, but <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad to hear that it's still nice. It's it's uh, about 60 degrees out today, I think. Um, well, today we're going to be speaking about a beautifully filmed film, filmed movie, so. uh, very artistically well done. And we are talking about The Lighthouse with the one and only Willem Dafoe and Mr. Edward. Ah, oh, sorry, I meant Robert Patterson. Wow. Did you just compare me to Robert Pattinson? Thank I you. Just, I was just trying to drop his vampire name. <laughs> Edward Cullen. People used to fucking look at me all the time. They're like, you know, Edward Cullen and Edward Gullet. Like, that's so similar. And I was like, no, it's not. It's not similar yeah. at all. It's not even funny. Yeah, I can see it because, like, you're clearly a very pale person, you know. Well, you haven't seen me in the sunlight either, so my glitter. I don't. I don't think you've ever had a, a complexion that's been pale. No, I haven't. I'm pretty sure that my nickname is something that I would not want to say on the air at all, uh, anywhere, because it would be politically incorrect. Anyway, but yes, right. we are talking about the lighthouse today, and that is uh, Robert Eggers' second film. Uh, his first film was The Witch, and I didn't really like that one. Actually, did you see that one? I I was so excited about it because I love like that pagan witchcraft scene um, as far as movies go. Not like real. I'm not like Wiccan or anything, but um, I was let down. The, the the accents were I mean, it was like very authentic, I guess, sounding. But it was just sometimes the accents were so thick. You, you couldn't really follow everything. And they were speaking the very uh, older version of English. And it, it was just I think it was less than what I was expecting going into it. I mean, not a bad movie, but I thought it was going to be great. Yeah, I did too. I actually got uh, a screener for it like before any of the reviews came out and before people were like just screaming praise for it. And I saw it and I was like, what the hell is this? I don't understand anything that just happened. I probably should have done some due diligence and done a little bit more research into it and uh, and know what it's about, but I kind of like going blind into films. It's what I did for The Lighthouse too, and I left there wanting more and to know more about it. So I'm glad we were able to take a dive into this movie. Um before we get into the film, though, Jay, what are you drinking? Uh, right now, I'm drinking Yingling, um, and uh, it's high. <laughs> <laughs> did a quite a bit. I'm on the same a, here. Quite a bit of drinking yesterday, so I kind of just been taking it easy today. Same here. Some Stella and a wee bit high as well. Wish that I had some Yingling though. Sad that I don't get to get that out here. Um, what are you watching right now? 
Oh, so what I'm watching, um, we got like one episode left of Medical Police, which is this new Netflix um, like kind of cheesy action comedy thing they did. It's like 10 episodes. Each episode is like 20 or 25 minutes. Um, it kind of blends with, like I think it's called like General Hospital or whatever. It's on Adult Swim because Rob Corddry's in it. Um, but it's just like this really kind of slapstick, cheesy, uh, whole action get up. And I was just kind of checking it out, but it turns out that it's, it, I don't know, some moments are incredibly stupid and some are kind of funny. So I've been watching that, uh, has like some, uh, B rated, uh, actors and, and comedians in there. Uh, so, I mean, nothing like groundbreaking or anything. Um, I can't even look them up right now, but, uh, try to be watching Dracula as you were texting me earlier. I have given it two shots and I fell asleep during both of those. Not because wow. it's bad, not because it's bad by any means, but again, I did quite a bit of drinking last night and quite a bit of drinking Friday, uh, two different events, and I fell asleep. So, uh, I would definitely give that a third try and hopefully get through that because I, I love like those, those classic American. Uh, I don't even know about American, but you know, like your Dracula's, uh, the the Wolfman, uh, all those classic kind of horror stories. Uh, really do like. I've been watching Pandemic, which is also another new Netflix series, which is about different people around the world and their roles in trying to prevent the next major outbreak of a virus. Kind of coincidentally, started watching that right as the whole Corona virus thing's been going around in Asia, and they just got their 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 fifth uh, fifth case in the U.S. So, uh, you know. Pretty pretty weird to watch that as it kind of is, is currently happening. Uh, been Sorry, is Disney that one Plus. a scripted drama? Like the, no 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 no, no no that that's just like a straight up documentary. It's like a okay. six part documentary. Yeah, so it's uh like it's kind of like go through their days and and them trying to treat you know like some very small outbreaks of like swine flu in India. There's like there's people so there's like Americans. Uh, then there's people in in India. Uh, there's people in like the the Republic of Congo. So just different parts of the world and in you know, what, what they're doing to try and prevent and, and, you know, help out the population as much as they can. And then outside of that, just, I've uh, been kind of watching the marvelous Miss Maisel. Uh, Chloe's been, been watching that. So I haven't watched every episode, uh, you know, every minute of every episode, but uh, you know, enough, definitely enough to, to be able to follow and, and understand that. So that's also pretty good. Yeah. I like that show as well, even though I only watched the first season, but there's a lot of people in my office that watch that. Um, right now for me, I am watching The Outsider. Uh, oh fuck, there's a new episode tonight, which I'm happy about. That show is really good. Um, I'll be getting into that like soon. We wanted to watch Pandemic first and then Dracula because I wanted more episodes to come out so I could binge watch. But very, very excited because I love anything Stephen King. Yeah, you'll like it a lot. I won't ruin anything here, but we can talk about it later offline. Dracula, uh, I've only watched the first episode. I probably will watch the other two available on there. I like it. It's weird. Um, but it's like, it's a lot of fun because you know, the backstory of Bram Stoker's Dracula so well that it's just fun to play up those tropes. And the guy, Claude Bang, Claus Bang, I think he's how you say his name, Klaus, uh, Klaus Bang, uh, he plays Dracula and I have never seen him in anything else before. I'm sure. He's been in a ton of stuff, but he's a very good actor and he's very good at playing. Yeah. Dracula. He, he gives off from, from like the, what I do remember about it is he gives off very rapey vibes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, but like old you know, 16th century rapey vibes. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm also just, I'm still in the middle of watching the Aaron Hernandez documentary. Shit's oh, we crazy. watched that too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I learned some still crazy hate shit. him. 
I've hated him since he was at UF because I went to FSU. So I've, I've hated that guy since day one. But uh, I don't really like how they're trying to like, he's just a bad person. You know, you can't blame like CTE or, or him potentially being gay. Like, no, you're just a bad person. Like, uh, but it was, it was, it was good. But there are times I was like, no, nah, I'm not buying that bullshit. I mean, yeah, I have no sympathy for him whatsoever or any of that, but it is interesting to know his backstory. I do feel like that quarterback who he says they banged all throughout high school, I just feel like he was going on there just to get his 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, shit. He should have he shot him, too. <laughs> he, like, he leaves no trace behind of his gayness. And this guy just comes out after he's dead and wants to be famous. I, I completely agree. And I even saw this, these, like, people posting on facebook like the the stats of his high school and like that guy wasn't even a starting quarterback he played like two games or some and really? like, yeah so there, there's like a whole bunch of sketchiness around that yeah netflix always seems to have like when they come out there's always just more and more that is uncovered that they just didn't fucking cover yeah yeah, yeah. or exactly. they covered poorly like, like don't fuck with cats was, was was pretty great too i heard i heard that's good but what i, I have not looked into it what is it about it's about this guy that kills cats online like like in like the dark web yeah yeah basically but yeah. i like, put it on youtube and then like it's about like this group of like ultra nerds that like tracks them down basically just like regular ass people like when they're off work just like track this guy down and he eventually moves on like typical kind of serial killer moves on from killing uh you know cats and he he kills like some young college co-ed uh and they like they bust him for that but uh, it's, it's it's good i don't want to ruin too much but um it's kind of like teeters online like did were they good? Were like, did they bring enough attention to him to where he finally did get caught, or did they like keep agging him on and giving him what he wanted, and then like kind of pushing him to kill an actual human? So it's kind of weird. It's 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 interesting. It's interesting. Is it long? Is it how many? Is so it like three a whole episodes? Season? No, three okay. episodes. I think each episode's like an hour, an hour and a half long. Okay, it's a pre- pretty quick watch, honestly. I have to check that out. Uh, and really quickly before we move into the film, I wanted to talk about since this will likely be coming out like right around the time when Oscars come out. Uh, just some of the Oscar stuff going on. It's uh, see, Joker is leading the way with 11 nominations right now, which is pretty big. And I think right behind it is, uh, oh shit, it might be The Irishman that has 10. Um, and then there's uh, a couple other in the running. Uh, obviously, Parasite, which is still on my list to see. I haven't seen that shit. Have you Have you watched any of the stuff for that? I have not. I looked into it like a month ago, a month or so ago. And like it looked like it looked good, but then I don't know. I just never really watched it. I, I felt like it was like gonna be a foreign film, and I just wasn't in the mood to read subtitles. I don't even know. Maybe it's in English, but I heard no, it's it, it really, really good. Okay, so every person I've talked to has just been like, "Dude, it's better than you think it's gonna be going in there." And I like Bong Joon Ho. I like his movies. I like Snowpiercer. I liked Okja. Like those were fun. Those were like really fucking well thought out movies. Um, he's got a few others I know of that uh, that are really well critically acclaimed um in terms of best pictures uh do you have any predictions on who is going to take home best picture uh i'll probably go with the irishman think so really well it wouldn't be you know i just feel like you got like those titans acting in it i feel like it'll probably win over joker you know yeah, I don't think Joker's going to take Best Picture. I mean, just for reference, who's up for Best Picture this year? It's 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Little Women, Ford versus Ferrari, Parasite, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, The Irishman, and Marriage Story. And out of all of those, what I think will take home Best Picture, Parasite. What And it'll be 
a big really? accomplishment there. Yeah, I think Parasite will. What should take home Best Picture? 1917. All the fucking way. I dude. cannot wait to see it. Have you seen it already? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I want to see it again. Dude, I, I cannot. I've, I've got I've to get to see that as soon it's as I something can. You I mean, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was, was really good, too. It was good, but it wasn't, it wasn't like, great. It was, Because, one, I expected it to be more of a Tarantino film. I wanted more death. Yeah. And all I got was like a story that was just a subset for a different story that already happened in life. And I loved the ending. When the title came up at the end, I was like, oh, like I, I got it exactly where he was going with mm-hmm. it. But it, it just, it, I don't know, to me, it was fine. Like Brad Pitt has been taking all these nominations home for best uh, supporting actor, and he's going to probably win it. Uh, but it's just Brad Pitt playing Brad Pitt. He didn't do anything fucking different. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Well, <laughs> do you know what's up for uh, best cinematography? Definitely 1917, uh, and then let's see. Actually, what else is? I know Joker is as well. Um, the Lighthouse is up for best in the top oh, cinematography. Is it now? It won't win. I'm sorry. You know, you know, know that's dude. gonna. I 1917 will take that all the way. Yeah, well, <laughs> 1917 is is a is a feat. Don't like don't get me wrong. Like that is like a feat. But the Lighthouse is an artistic vision. You know, so it's it's different. You know, they're, 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 they're two different plays on that. If you guys are hearing some amazing screaming in the background, please know that we are not torturing anyone here. It is just Jay's child. Is that loud? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can hear it. <laughs> but just know he's a cute kid. He's got a great family. And no one was hurt in the making of this podcast. No, but no, I that, that door is locked. We don't know what's going on. But, <laughs> but doors. I don't know what Chloe's doing with him. He could be being tortured. Who knows? I'm kidding. <laughs> but no, I'm sorry. I mean, look, The Lighthouse, a great movie. I thought it was fucking beautiful. Um, but it's not. It's not going to win Best Cinematography. It's going to go to Deacons, Roger Deacons for 1917. He's just the way that shit was shot. It was incredible. I, I again, just go see it on. I, I on just I like how how they they went with that and how Dunkirk went with the 35 millimeter film. Like I kind of, I like that new kind of uh, frontier into old, you know, war movies. Yeah, I do too. And like plus we're all trying to do some kind of really cool to, to really make you feel like you're there. Yeah. Like the whole backstory of the 1917 is so fascinating. Just like, you know, it's not a real story, but Sam Mendes is the director's grandfather. It's based off stories that he told of like people who had to go run messages yeah. to uh, other people on the other side of a, a, a battlefield that's going on. And it was just, it's incredible how it's, how it's all put together. Um, and also I'll say this when you're watching it, just know that that other kid, there's the two boys, one of those boys, uh, is, uh, Oh my God! What's his name from Game of Thrones? Tommen. Um, oh, really? Lannister. Tommen Lannister. Is that right? Yeah, Tommen. Tommen Lannister. Yeah, what's the hit? Damn, he and like, was a kid in that in that show. I, I know. But talk about some good. And the other guy. This is first movie. Pretty crazy. Can you hear me? No, cut out for a second. Oh, I said so the other. Start with the other guy. Yeah. The, the other guy is uh, is his first movie ever. Pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's how they did Dunkirk as well. Was the guy who was the main lead never been in any of that shit before? I feel like he hadn't. But anyway, I got to see it. It looks it looks phenomenal. Absolutely looks phenomenal. Yep. But all right. Anyway, diving into uh, uh, 
the lighthouse um i was looking up just some of the people i mean this is such a light cast this time it's uh kind of nice i mean we know these main people willem dafoe he played thomas wake robert pattinson played thomas howard um and that's really it i mean there was a mermaid in the movie i think there was maybe a couple you know i don't know if the seagull got any credit but he was a pretty good actor as well yeah i feel like that's probably the best way to shoot a movie just like super small cast yeah he's easy, easy to manage and you know just one location a fucking island with the lighthouse off the coast of new england it was uh what was the budget for this you know that's a good question i didn't look that up but let's see i bet you it was cheap i mean it's very very well done for sure um it was it's based off a pseudo true story which we'll get into it's also kind of inspired by an unfinished edgar Allan poe story entitled the lighthouse as well uh, so I four million. That, that's how much it costs to make. Sorry, it's not bad at all. Nope. How, what it gross? Uh, more than forty million. More than forty million. Uh, but it uh, there was like a change. They were going to do more based off the Edgar Allan Poe story that was unfinished, and uh, kind of made a switch to this this true story based in Wales. This the the lighthouse is based in like off the coast of Massachusetts. Yeah. But the the story that they based it off was from a, a lighthouse in Wales. Gotcha. And it looks like they kept with the same names, uh, first names of Thomas for the uh, two men that this book was, uh, or this movie, uh, they based the book off of, our real incidents off of. Can yeah. we start that over? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry. August. Just right where, right where you stopped after Pembroke shit Wales in 1801, and then you continue on. So the lighthouse was was based in or off the coast of Massachusetts, so like New England, America. The actual story uh, that that story is more based off than the Edgar Allan Poe story uh, was a real incident that happened in Pembrokeshire, Wales, in 1801, and they you know kept with the same and, and kept the the characters both named Thomas, but the the real men were named Thomas Griffin, uh, Griffith, and Thomas Howe. And they were tending a lighthouse, uh, you know, keeping the lamps uh, lit to guide all the ships. Uh, they actually, you know, disliked each other, uh, constantly arguing. And Griffith, Thomas Griffith, uh, got sick and uh, unfortunately died just a few weeks after that. They the, the team actually arrived at the lighthouse. And so the other Thomas wasn't really sure what to do. He was scared that they would just accuse him of, of murder uh, and so instead he decided that the best idea would be to throw the body out to sea. And so, um, he actually did that, made a coffin for him and everything and, and, and threw him out there. Um, but because there was such a bad storm, it actually crashed his coffin against the rocks, breaking the coffin open. Uh, and then it was just an exposed body on the rocks. Uh, oh. So this weather was just, yeah, just horrible. And there was like ropes and stuff that, that he was kind of tied and caught up into the rocks. Um, and the, the wind was so strong during these storms that it would make his arm look like he was waving, right? Really? How the hell did they get all this detail? Uh, I guess uh, they recorded the story way, way back in the day. So it looked like he was waving. So Hal put up a, a distress signal to try and get rescued because, you know, the weather was so bad, they were running low on rations. Uh, you know, the other guy's dead. And so the ships would get close to the island and because the wind was so strong, they would see him out there waving, and they would think everything was fine, so they would just go back in into port and, and, and 
you know, it took weeks and weeks for him to actually get rescued. Well, uh, Thomas Howe to get rescued. Griffith was dead. Gotcha. You know, that's a really interesting, the way that Robert Eggers kind of just pieced two different things together just to make this story. Um, I didn't know about this and how it was uh, a real incident that took place at a lighthouse, but it's it was just the whole movie, like when you were watching it, like what did you feel like when you were watching it? Like did you feel disturbed watching these two people just like just descend into madness? Like what was your thoughts yeah, going Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like um... – What's that movie? Event Horizon, and there's one mm-hmm. other one where they're trapped on a spaceship with uh, uh, Ben Foster going to and the sun. Dennis uh, was in Day After Tomorrow. I was just watching it. Jesus, why am I going? Dennis Quaid. Yeah, Dennis Quaid and Ben Foster. Pair. What's that? I can't remember what it's called. But they're like, yeah, it's really like you just you you see people just descend into a hole of madness, you know. And the the cool thing was, it, it was shot in a, in a one by nineteen or one point nineteen to one ratio film so it's a it's it's not widescreen it's square i mean it's square format yeah yeah, it looks like you've stumbled across some film from like the early 1900s you know and it's black and white so there's no you know no color it really does a great way to set in the mood i honestly like it's kind of impressive because they took a story true story made it more interesting and and like i said they were also inspired by edgar Allan poe so i feel like the storytelling and the the scenes and the photography in the movie uh, were very kind of Edgar Allan Poe, very macabre, kind of darkish, and that really allowed you to to let yourself go down this insanely uh, booze fueled madness. Oh yeah, and they really let the composer run wild with the score as well. Because I was, it was funny. I was just listening to it today, um, just to kind of like get my mind like in the back in the sense of like this movie and the guy who did this uh the composer was mark corvin um he also did the witch um and he also has this netflix uh, movie he did that was a stephen king book called in the tall grass i don't know if you saw that I, I it's new it. I've, I've scrolled past it. it it looked like it was i mean i like stephen king but this one looked pretty pretty far-fetched yeah that's what a lot of people say but it's people like it apparently and he also does this show called on amc called the terror um it's supposed to be good as well there's apparently a lot of stuff I've seen, but anyway, from the uh, the soundtrack, I mean, he has some really deep sounding like pieces on here that just sound like you're at the sea. You hear a lot of like that that um, boat whistle and that boat like a uh, horn go off, and it's just mm-hmm, creepy. Mm-hmm. And I love all of the names of his songs in here. He has one in here called "Son of a Bitch," another one called "Swab Dog Swab." Uh, what do you call it? Why you spill your beans? Like these are just funny names. I kind of yeah. love how creative they got with it. Uh, and the thing you were talking about with Eggers and like how he's piecing together uh, inspiration from a Edgar Allan Poe story along with this real event. Um, this whole entire movie is full of parallels from Greek mythology. Um, I was doing some research, reading a little bit around, and I found from this interview with Vox that Eggers compared the two main characters to Prometheus and Proteus. Um, and I quote this from Eggers, the two never hung out in Greek myths before, 
but it's still interesting to kind mm-hmm. of put their their uh, parallels together. So in this story, Thomas Wake, who's played by Willem Dafoe, he would be seen as Proteus, a sea god who Homer refers to as the old man in the sea. In some myths, Proteus is depicted as the son of Poseidon, the god of the sea. And Thomas Wake, he certainly has a commanding presence of a god. He has that mighty beard, and he has those long biblical monologues in the in the film. And he's he just he provides a clear stature over this. The, uh, the 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 monologues are great because they they you know it's it's based in you know in the movie again off the coast of Massachusetts but it's 1801 so a ton of people I'd say probably most people still had those English accents in America you know coming over yeah. from from Europe and, and so uh, I mean Willem Dafoe did a hell of a job you know their accents it's very uh, kind of I don't know, Cockney, like limey British kind of kind of uh, banter, you know? Yeah, I like it. It's I really think that uh, Defoe was overlooked in terms of uh, getting nominated for any type of not, not even not winning any type of award this year. He should have won. Was he nominated for Best Actor? No, he wasn't nominated for anything. I mean, he was nominated for a few smaller awards. I can't remember. I think he might have been nominated for a Golden Globe as well. Um but Joaquin Phoenix beat him out. Um, he okay, made, he makes that movie like he he is just so yeah he great. does he he really does. Uh, and then there's Thomas Winslow, um, and he's definitely an allegory for Prometheus, who goes against the wishes of the Olympian gods and steals fire from Mount Olympus. Um, if Thomas Winslow, if he was Prometheus, then the lighthouse is definitely Mount Olympus in this film. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Winslow like. Yeah, he like he becomes obsessed with seeing what is on the top of that lighthouse, and in the end, he he actually meets the same fate as Prometheus. So what happened to Prometheus was he stole the fire uh, from Mount Olympus, uh, and he's ever changed rock punishment. Every day, an eagle returns to eat Prometheus's liver, and since Prometheus is immortal, his organ always rejuvenates by the time that eagle returns. And that eagle is definitely the body of Zeus, the king of the Olympian gods. And fortunately, or unfortunately, I guess you could say for Thomas Winslow, is he's not immortal, so he dies at the end of this movie. Um, and with the seagulls picking out his innards, exactly. It's a very like I I love that parallel ending, and I did not I I. Wish I had known that going in because I was so confused, but I loved reading about all of that. The only thing that we don't really know, and I don't think that question will ever be answered, is what's in the fucking lighthouse. The only thing we ever see is that uh, octopus grabbing the tentacle, the tentacles of an octopus grabbing Robert Pattinson as he's wailing down. Oh no, I'm sorry, that was when he was killing Defoe. But sorry, when he's up in the lighthouse, you see the tentacles coming around and getting um, him, and then he falls down the stairs, and then you see him dead. But we never get to see what's in the lighthouse, and we probably never will. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or what it could have been. I don't know. Doesn't he catch his arm on fire or something? He sticks his hand in there. There's, I, there, I, there's something. I think there's something mesmerizing. You know, I, maybe like some sort of like demonic presence or shift of bad luck because you know they're just kind of like stuck staring into it and then willem dafoe actually goes up to it like naked a few times yeah i i don't there's a lot of like yeah there's a lot of weird stuff going on because like he finds the mermaid in his bed like there's a hole in his bed and he finds the mermaid you know a few scenes later he's jerking off to the mermaid he hallucinates. Would you think he's hallucinating? I mean, it could be real, but with the having sex with a mermaid. So there's a lot of this, um, you know, kind of losing your mind and, and not knowing what's real and, and, and hallucinating. And so maybe 
the the lighthouse was just fire burning, but they were just so far, you know, gone out of their minds by then. They were just mesmerized by by something so simple. Yeah, and you know, it's really interesting about the mermaids too. Is um, they're actually seen as um, in British folklore, they're seen as a bad omen. Um, it means that something disaster is near, or that something death is around the corner. Um, so that's what the mermaid definitely represents in this is that siren song, um, from Greek mythology. And, uh, you know, basically if you follow the siren song, um, you are sure to have death or something terrible happen to you follow shortly after. And really that's kind of what happens in the movie, um, right after Pattinson finds the mermaid and fucks her, (laughs) you know, shortly after that. Everything gets darker, the winds pick up, the storm picks up, and everything turns to shit. That's true. And also kind of just piggybacking off that is he has, like, the beef with that that seagull. And oh, yes, he, like, too. throws a rock at it, and Willem Dafoe gets all, gets all pissed off, uh, saying that it's a bad omen, that uh, seagulls have the souls of, of dead sailors inside them. And mm-hmm. then, you know, further into the movie, he actually just completely murders this seagull bludgeons it and uh like they're like their water reservoir or whatever so that was also like a um i don't know what do you call it i guess a gnomon yeah so yeah i mean he, he put that curse on him you know so it's kind of like yeah. you saw you saw the mermaid which you know bad things are coming and then you killed a seagull seagull so now you just like you know paid the money for the bad things that happen you paid your your admittance and the thing that uh Defoe's character said about um Thomas Wake said about seagulls is they are carry the souls of every man uh, lost at sea. So what's interesting, and I didn't know this, um, I guess I I guess I missed over that or it was too late at night for us to really notice when we were watching this together. But, um, you know, Winslow, he actually stole his identity uh, from a man who accidentally drowned. So he was using the lighthouse as a cover to kind of hide away. And Defoe's character figured that out quickly. And I'm wondering if like. Just further and further into this, he kind of untrusted him less and less, and that's kind of why. Yeah, there was something in there where I believe he was using the name of the previous lighthouse attendant that had that had died, um, Ephraim, Ephraim, whatever that is. Um, because yeah, there's he, there's was a that scene in the movie where I believe it was right after dinner and they're drinking, and he's like just my real name's this, you know, cause the whole time he won't call him by his real name anyway, but then I think he comes, he's comes clean about, you know, who he is. Um, it's a kind of, you know, interesting, like deceiving twist in there as well. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's really fucking interesting the way they, the way they did this whole entire movie and, and the parallels and the connections they made with, with, uh, all of these characters. Um, was there anything else in terms of, you know, not necessarily the performance, but like the film itself that kind of just made you uneasy or not feel right. I mean, the whole thing kind of makes you feel uneasy because, again, you just see these people descend into madness, you know, um, and there's like this there's this weird like in, internal battle where, you know, like Robert Patton's character, uh, a friend who is actually, you know, who's a friend wins. was actually Thomas Howard. Um, he doesn't drink. And so all their dinners are just spent eating. And then while William Defoe just 
drinks and get shit housed. And then, like midway through the movie, I think it was like when the bad storm first happens and they f- figure out they're they're gonna get rescued. Turns out they actually don't get rescued. But then like he he has a drink with them, and then which turns into several drinks, and then now they're drinking for the rest of the movie. So it's weird because they go from you know like subordinate to uh, you know employee or or whatever um, to not really liking each other to bonding and becoming you know kind of quote quote unquote friends but at the same time as they're becoming friends they still have this like resentment and like they don't trust each other fully so there's a lot of complex kind of human behaviors and emotions going on here yep it definitely is a lot of complex human behaviors and emotions and like i think the only thing that really bonds these characters together is their um actual like just them being drunk it's kind of what is still used in a social setting even today. Like, there's no way that most of us even go to parties without having a little bit of liquid courage in us. These two just have to fucking get shit-faced because they're in the worst possible situation ever uh, yeah, yeah. that they could be in. Well, you know, I mean, so you've already got that going on. Then, you know, you got the the old-timey shot film, you know, square screen, black yeah. and white, you know, so they, they, they can really set the mood. Um, you know, a lot of it is very bright. And then a lot of it is is kind of low light, darker, you know, kind of filmography. What am I looking for? Filmography, whatever. Cinematography. Um, cinematography. There we go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like, I mean, I like it because I, I think it's it, it it kind of comes together as one beautiful piece of art. Like I was always a fan of the dark and the macabre and the Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, to see an old school square movie shot in black and white is, is cool, especially when they have, um, you know. Like, who doesn't love Willem Dafoe? And he does a great job in this movie. So, I mean, he really, uh, you know, sets this scene and, and creates this this kind of tangible environment in, uh, yeah. you know, that you can feel. So it, I thought it was very, very well done. I, I really enjoyed it. Was there anything you wish that the movie kind of uh, did differently or you were shown more of to, like, understand more? Was there anything from that film that kind of made you wish that the director or that the story had went to a different direction um like yes and no i mean i respect it and i and i, I love how is how it is by itself but you know there would have been some i would have possibly enjoyed more of like you know sea lore uh like you have the the mermaid and the you know kraken or giant squid or octopus whatever you want to call it so you know maybe so like some more of that maybe uh you know, some more scenes with the mermaid and maybe her deceiving him or something. Um, because, you know, it, this does lead to murder, right? So uh, in the actual story, he falls ill. But in this story, um, you know, they like in this big wrestling match and then he ties him up, tries to bury him and he ex- escapes that. Then he, then, sorry, I'm not even saying their name. So Pattinson, they wrestle. Pattinson, you know, ties him up basically and tries to bury him alive outside uh, of the lighthouse. Uh, he goes back in thinking like, you know, he's buried alive, he's dead. Willem Dafoe uh, gets out, you know, kind of zombie moment, arms coming out of the dirt. And then he goes and gets an axe and attacks uh, Robert Pattinson, like hits him in the arm. And then Robert Pattinson disarms Willem Dafoe, uses that same axe and kills him. So, you know, there is that, uh, that, that murder going on in here. Um, but maybe, you know, some more like hauntings or <laughs> he's just going wild. More, uh, I don't know, like hauntings or kind of that more, uh, you know, mermaid-ish, sea lore kind of building some suspense, I think would have been cool. But, I mean, at the same time, it was good as much as it had in it. 
Yeah. I wish um, really want like too much revealed. I like how you actually have to go in and look um, at how much a thought actually went into something, and I like actually reading about it later. The only thing I kind of wish that I had seen more, I, I didn't. I wish it actually hadn't ended where it ended with him getting eaten alive or eaten um, by the ski seagull. I almost wish that there was. I almost wish that Defoe's character actually survived. I, I wish that he was the one left to tell the tale, but he like that now continues into another story. So like he is this guy who is just unbeatable, unkillable, um, and who it, kills you know, his like his attendants or his like his like yeah, exactly. Or- Exactly. It'd be kind of fun. It'd be it'd be almost like you that would know, be cool. I mean, then they could, they could point, do a like prequel and a sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It'd be kind of fun to just be like, yeah, this is. I just take people down and torture them, and then eventually, someone fucking kills them and gets them, and you know, we get the uh, thing. But that could be in like the Lighthouse Eight. You know, it was like it was a sad moment to see him go because like he just he did such a good job. Had such a majestic such a beard. Job played the part of a scurvy seaman so well that like when he was dead you're like well now we're just gonna you know only see robert pattinson and, and hear robert pattinson moving forward i think for halloween i think i'm gonna be willem dafoe's character from the lighthouse yeah <laughs> like if me and you were together we could just do that for fucking halloween i wish that'd be great <laughs> that'd be fucking hilarious um well any final words here as we kind of wrap down on uh the lighthouse from you jay I mean, go see it. If you like, you know, artistic movies, I mean, it kind of falls in that category, even though it's, you know, a, a kind of mainstream movie. Uh, go watch it. I mean, black and white, square footage, uh, not not widescreen, you know, small crew or small cast, but uh, amazing acting, definitely on the part of uh, Willem Dafoe. Um, you know, what do you think? What, I... what, what would you give it out of 10? Out of ten, I give it a seven point five. Okay, okay. What'd you get? I would go. I'd go slightly higher. I would go with probably uh, eight or eight point five. Okay. Probably leaning more towards like eight five. Okay. I mean, it's it, 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 you got knockout reviews. Oh no, it was it was a great fucking yeah, movie. No. Dude. It's it's a it's a hard story to tell. I think uh, I'm excited to see what else this director has to do, Robert Eggers. Um, I know that he has a few things coming up in, in the works right now that I'm going to start paying a little bit more attention to. I think you might be into it. He has this one called The Northman coming out, and it's like a Viking revenge saga set in Iceland at the turn of the 10th century. And then he's also... It was supposed to be a second film, but it, it hasn't come to light yet. But he's supposedly going to be remaking Nosferatu. Which okay. I would love to see too. I, I see. I would. I'd be inclined to see something he does that has a little bit more gore, um, and maybe less like the psyche between two people or a group of people, but actually some supernatural force that's actually a force. Like I'd, I'd be, I'd be excited to see something like that. Yeah, I would too. I, I would love to see that, but I, I think he's going to stick in that realm of of uh, uh, mythology and uh, that early 18th 1800s to before kind of uh, timeline so maybe he'll go a little bit further in the future but we'll see um that's all from from us this time though i i feel like i learned a lot more just by researching this movie it's definitely worth seeing 
maybe listen to this podcast before you uh, watch it, and I hope you do. If I don't not, think we a little bit about yeah. it. I don't think um, we gave yeah. too much away. I didn't want to. I, I want like this is not a movie that you need to give too much away. It's it's just a movie that you need to see and just be kind of encapsulated by it. If you smoke weed, do it beforehand, man. It'll make that even oh, more yeah. enjoyable. I'll <laughs> make some more artichoke dip like we have when you're watching it. Like, I love this. I love this 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 gif of uh, Willem Dafoe you have on here because it's not gif. Uh, the the inventor said it's gif. No, it's gif. I call it. I call it. I call it gif. I always call it GIF too, but I felt smart there. So, I thought I thought the inventor said it was called GIF, not GIF. But if, hey, like if you got a, if, if you got like if you got twenty minutes to spare and you're feeling stupid, just walk, check out Medical Police, buddy. It's kind of you might you might you might like it. <laughs> uh, that is it this time. We are still figuring out what our next episode is, but tune in soon, and we're gonna have that live. Indeed, let's get it. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, guys. See you later. The Buzzed is hosted and produced by EJ Gullet and Jake Kington. Follow us on Instagram at Buzz Podcast and on Facebook at The Buzz Podcast. You can email us with any questions or new movie suggestions uh, at thebuzzpodcast at gmail.com. Tune in weekly for new episodes. Thanks. Yeah.